Welcome to First Baptist Church in Belton. We are glad you found us. We seek to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally together. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Happy Father's Day to uh, any dads who are watching today. Uh, we hope that this will be a special day for you. And you know, if you were here, if we were, if we were all in this room together, we'd have the dads all stand up. So they're at home. Uh, stand up and be recognized. Uh, maybe you're watching with your family, but we'll just know we love you. We're honoring you and, and uh, dads have such a special role in the family. And we're grateful to God for, for every one of you as we honor our fathers today. I also want to thank uh, the Vassars for our porch visit this morning. We really appreciate you. Thanks for reading the scripture that we're looking at today. Thanks to Eddie for another wonderful children's message, and thanks to uh, Gary and Matt for our beautiful music today as we can lift our voices together in prayer, in praise. Uh, It's important that we be clear about certain things in life. Clarity is very, very important. For instance, if you're in the chemistry lab working with a a formula for whatever it is you're doing, it is very important that you be clear and precise on that formula because a little too much of this or a little too little of that or the wrong thing can cause a reaction that you don't want to be part of. Clarity is important when it comes to pharmaceutical companies putting medicine together. If you are taking a medicine that's important to your health, you want the pharmaceutical company to be crystal clear, to have clarity when they're putting that medicine together because your health could be adversely affected. And also, if you're uh, cooking something in the kitchen, the recipe's important. If you put too much of this or too little of that or put the wrong thing in, you may end up with something that's not even edible. And so being clear on a recipe is very important. It's good to be clear on directions. If I'm giving someone directions somewhere and and I say to them, go 2.8 miles and then turn right, when I meant to say, go 4.8 miles and turn left, well, it's easy to understand how they would get very lost from lack of clarity on those directions. If you're participating in a military operation, clarity is very, very important. Uh, the, the commands must be clear and precise or else the mission may fail and uh, some some wonderful, valuable, valuable people may be injured or even lose their lives. But perhaps the most important thing in all the world about which we should be clear that there must be clarity on is how to be saved, our salvation, because that has eternal consequences. And so as we continue today with our journey through Galatians, the glory of the gospel, we want to be absolutely certain that we are clear about that. So there's the title. Let's be clear about the glory of the gospel. The clarity there has eternal consequences. There may be somebody watching today who has attained to 90 plus years And that's wonderful. And I hope you have many more years in front of you. But even if you attain to the age of 90 or older, that's your lifespan is simply a dot or a blip in light of eternity. 
And so we want to be sure that we are very clear about how a person comes into a saving relationship with God. So here is the message of Galatians and the glory of the gospel. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. Now, life is also, as a Christian, lived by faith, by grace through faith in Christ alone. And the issue that caused the writing of this epistle to the churches in Galatia on the part of the Apostle Paul was that there were some who were leading believers astray, Gentile believers primarily. You see, there were those who were called Judaizers, those who were Jews who had supposedly come to faith in Christ, and now they were coming to these Galatian, primarily Gentile believers, and saying to them, faith in Christ alone is not sufficient. It must be faith in Christ plus Old Testament law, or faith in Christ plus the sacrifices or the rituals or or circumcision. And really what they were saying to these Gentile believers were you really have to become a Jew in order to really be a Christian. And so Paul is speaking out against that. He's dismayed by those who have chosen to believe what the Judaizers are saying. And so that message is equally applicable to the year in which we live, 2020, because there would be some even today who would say, well, it's Christ plus, it's faith in Christ plus good works, or faith in Christ plus church membership, or or baptism, or the Lord's Supper, or certain gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and all of those things are important, but we must be sure that we are clear that salvation comes and continuing to live in Christ is by faith in Christ alone. If I were to call you tomorrow morning and say to you, I have a gift for you. It's a $1,000 check made out to you. And if you'll just come to my house and pick it up, I want you to have this gift from me to you. You're special to me. So come and get your gift. And so uh, on on Monday morning, you show up at my house, and I have a $1,000 check made out to you, and I hand it to you. And then as I hand it to you, I say, oh, by the way, you need to mow my lawn for the rest of the summer. Well, if I say that, then what I have said is this $1,000 check is no longer a gift. And it certainly has nothing to do with grace or faith. I'm simply saying to you, here is money, and in exchange for that, then here is what you must do. I put stipulations on the giving of that check. Or let's pretend that on the church marquee tomorrow morning, we put these words, $250, come in and declare your need. Well, a lot of people see that. Some think it's a joke. Some don't know what to think of it. But there are a few who say, you know what, I'm going to go in. And so the first person that comes in uh, says, "Uh, I'm in need. And we say, all right, here's $250 for you. Then another person comes in and he says, 
uh, I don't really deserve this, but I'm in need. And so we say to him, no, you don't deserve it, but here you go, $250. The next person that comes in says, you don't know me. I've lived a rotten life, but I am in need. And we say, no matter how you've lived, you've declared your, declared your need. Here's your $250. The tie-in there is folks saying to Christ, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, declaring our need. But then there comes a guy who comes in and says, you know what? I've lived a great life. I'm pretty close to perfect. And uh, I don't I don't really need your money, but I want to take it. Give me the $250. And our reply to him is, nope, not going to happen. You're not willing to declare your need. We're not giving you the money. Now, what's the, what's the tie-in there? Well, when you and I come before God and we say we're sinners in need of a Savior, we, we, we can't keep the law. We can't be totally obedient. We can't, we're not perfect. We need Jesus. Then he says to us, that's what I needed to hear because you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. So as we look at today's passage, I want us to think about three things before we close out our service today. Here's the first thing. It has always been faith and not the law. It has always been faith and not the law. You see, Paul takes the recipients of this epistle all the way back several thousand years to Abraham. And he reminds them that God promised to bless the world through Abraham. God said to Abram, I'm going to make a great nation of you. But he says in verse 16, I'm going to bless the world through your seed. And that word seed is not plural, but it is singular. And verse 16 tells us he is talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus, the Christ. Not simply making a nation out of Abraham, but blessing the world particularly through his seed, that is, through Jesus who died for us. And the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 that Abram believed God and he was justified by his faith in God's word. He was justified, declared righteous, and it was his faith that made him right with God long before the law was ever given. And that's not changed. In fact, it was over 400 years after Abraham before the law was ever given to Moses who gave it to the children uh, uh, of Israel. God never intended anyone to think that they will go to heaven or be right with God on the basis of good works or anything other than grace through faith in Christ alone. Remember what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus when he said, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul is very, very direct in his words to the church in Galatia. And he's very angry at the Judaizers who were causing trouble. It's one thing for me to give incorrect directions to someone who's trying to get to Walmart. It's, it's, it's one thing for me to, to put a little too much salt in, in a recipe that, that I'm fixing for our Sunday dinner. But when we talk about what the Judaizers are, are, are doing, 
we understand this is serious because this is life itself. And Abram, Abraham was justified by faith, not by works, not by the law, because the law didn't even come until 430 years after the promise that God made to Abraham. So it has always been by faith, not the law. Secondly, from this text, the law was given for our benefit. Now, sometimes folks will say, well, why did God give the law if we weren't going to be saved by keeping the law? Well, the law was given for our benefit. God introduced the law through Moses for the people. So why did he do that? The people of Israel were, first of all, to be distinctive from the pagans around them. And so God gave the law and said, if you will do this, you will be distinctive from your neighbors. And you remember, God said repeatedly, my purpose for choosing you was not that you're extraordinary or special. My purpose for choosing you as a nation, as a people, is that you might be a light to the world and point them to the one true and living God. So as we look at this text, the reason for the law is more than just Israel's distinctiveness from the pagans who lived around them, but it was also four additional reasons. And the first of those is to show and define transgressions. If you look at verse 19, he says, Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. That is, until Christ had come. So it is to show and define transgressions. What does that mean? That means to define sin so that there is no misunderstanding. You see, without the law, we may sense that we are doing something wrong, but how can we be sure? The law helps us to be sure. For instance, if I'm driving on I-35 through Belton, and I'm driving at 90 miles an hour, I may sense that I'm going too fast. But how can I know for sure? Well, I know for sure because I just passed a sign that said speed limit 65 miles an hour. So I am going too fast, and the law lets me know for certain. It's not just some sense that I have, but it is an absolute certainty that I'm not obeying the law. Second reason the law was given was to show we are sinners. And because of the law, there's no doubt about it. It's not subjective. It knocks out comparison with others. Because you see, I, I, if, if we were saved by the law, I, I could look at a friend and say, well, I, I'm better than he is. I'm not as bad a sinner as he is. So surely I must be right with God. Well, this knocks out are comparing ourselves with others. It knocks out our excuses of a faulty memory. Well, I don't, I don't remember, or I don't, I don't remember if that's good or bad, or if that's something I should do or, or shouldn't do. It knocks out all the excuses of a faulty memory, and it knocks out the excuse of uncertainty. Well, I, I'm not sure. Is that right? Is that wrong? We are all clearly sinners. Third reason of giving the law is to show that we cannot keep the law. Isn't that interesting? To show that we cannot keep the law. Can you? No, you can't. Can I? Absolutely not. Salvation, if salvation were were by works, 
then, well, that would become impossible unless God goes to some subjective measuring scale. And then if he does, uh, death had better come at just a perfect time for me or, or I'm toast. We would live in constant uncertainty. Or perhaps if God goes to a measurable scale where we say after 20 sins, we're out. Well, you see, that's no way to live. We can't live like that. That's misery. And so the law is given to show that we cannot keep the law. And then lastly, the law is given to show that we need a Savior. That's it. To show that we need a Savior. If we can't keep the law, if works won't save us, then we are in a helpless plight unless God chooses to intervene. And He did. He sent Jesus. And if you look at verses 24 and 25, where we will be next week, it says, So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So we'll talk about that guardian next week. But for today, it clearly lets us know that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone, not Christ plus the law or good works. Now that brings us to the last thing. We're done. It is and always will be faith in Jesus alone. It is and always will be faith in Jesus alone. If you look back at verse 15, it says brothers and sisters. So right there it tells us this is written to Christians, to believers, to Christ followers. And then it says in verse 15, uh, just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. In other words, like a covenant, this promise of God to Abraham to bless the world through his seed cannot be changed. God does not say this today and that tomorrow. God is faithful. Now, in verse 16, if you look there, it says the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Then if you look at verse 17, it says, what I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later after Abraham does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus does not do away with the promise. The law came after Abraham. We, after Abraham was justified by faith. And we too are justified by faith in Christ alone. Verse 18 is a bad news, good news verse. The bad news is first. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. That's bad. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. So it is by the promise of the one who is to come. Then if you look at 19 and 20, again, here's the reason for the law. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator who was Moses. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. And look at verse 21. I put two exclamation points beside verse 21. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But it didn't. 
because life comes by faith and faith alone. And then finally, in verse 22, all sinners, all of us as sinners, receive forgiveness and life by faith in Christ alone. God does not change. He is faithful. If you'll remember the passage from Lamentations, chapter 3, where we get our, our wonderful hymn, Great is Our Faithfulness, It says in Lamentations 3, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The way of salvation and the way to live does not change. God is consistent. God does not change. God is faithful. And therein is the glory of the gospel. Faith in an unchanging God. Well, the way to Christ is clear. The scripture says in Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then the reminder of that most famous verse in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The just shall live by faith. Faith in Christ alone. The glory of the gospel. As you watch today from wherever you may be, I close with a question. Do you know Jesus? If your answer to that question is no or I'm not sure, then I plead with you today. Call out to Jesus. Declare to Him, Jesus, You are Lord. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I want to follow You from this day forward. And if you will pray that prayer, I'll ask you to contact us at the contact info that you see on the screen in front of you. We'd like to know and we'd like to be able to help you as you begin your journey with Jesus. Give us the opportunity to do that. And may God bless every single one of you. If you look at the screen, there are some prayer points. We would ask you to consider those and then I'll lead us in our benediction in just a moment. Our benediction this morning is as it has been since uh, March the 15th, and that is from Jude, bow together with me, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or need to talk with someone. 
We're here to listen, help, and encourage.